0: Welcome to a special episode of the For Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Wilcoxon, and one of the lay elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. You'll be surprised. In 2021, Maricopa County had the largest numeric change in population of all counties in the U.S. That's crazy, right? With an increase of 58,000 residents. Where did they come from? They came from New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco are some of those uh, cities that saw the biggest exodus hundreds of thousands of residents that's per the u.s census data so that's a lot of new people that came to our community right yeah maricopa county also is home to 58 school districts wow that serve close to 700,000 students school districts are classified as elementary districts uh, union high school districts and unified school districts kindergarten through 12th grade there are also 189 private schools In Maricopa County, I did not know that. So really interesting. The uh, National Alliance of Public Charter Schools reports that one in five students in Arizona attend a charter school, which is actually the highest percentage of all 50 states. Um, The state of Arizona has over 500 charter schools. Did you guys know that? That's a a lot of charter schools. So um, in Arizona, we are directed through law. That this is a fundamental right as parents and caregivers to provide lots of choice to explore. So if you're new to education or new to Arizona, you're like, wow, there's a lot of choices. We have district schools, open enrollment, charter schools, online learning, private schools, homeschool. Wow, that uh, is a lot of choice. Today, if you're not, uh, if you're not picking up on it, we're going to talk about education. Um, what are the choices that we have for our kids? How can we make the best decisions? I'm joined by four lovely ladies who have a wealth of knowledge, and I thought it would be a great chance to um, bring them on and, and talk about the education. So welcome, ladies.
1: Thank
2: you. All Thank right, you. let's
0: start to the left. So your name, um, tell us a little bit about your family, how many kids, and then what type of schools did you engage in? Uh, for your kids' education.
3: Uh, I'm Suzanne Gradup. My husband is Greg Gradup, who you know. We've been married for 24 years, and then we have three kids. Our oldest is um, a daughter, Lauren. She's 21, graduating from ASU this year in just a couple weeks. Joshua is 19. He's finishing up his freshman year at ASU, and then Brennan is 16, is a junior at Castile. So we have done um, all kinds of stuff with school, lots of school choices. Um, we homeschooled for the bulk of their younger years. And then we have done charter school, a little bit of charter school. And we've also done public school. And some, oh, yes, Christian, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Private Christian school for some um, homeschool and options.
0: Great, thank and
3: you. Sorry, our daughter went to private school for high school. Wow. Hi, I'm Donna Kaplan. I'm married to Jeff. We've been
1: married 29 years, and we have three kids, a freshman at GCU um, who's 19, uh, a junior at Castile with Suzanne's kid, um, and a freshman at Castile. And we are the boring ones in this group because we (laughs) have done all public school from kindergarten through they're going to graduate from private uh, public school
0: great thank you nice to meet you
1: hi I'm Robin Howie I'm married to
2: Jim we've been married 29 years Uh, we have six children our oldest Kyla if you're around Gateway at all you have hopefully run into her she works here on staff our next son graduated um, from a public school Um, then our next daughter graduated from ASU The next one is graduating next week from Grand Canyon University. Um, Our next daughter just finished her freshman year at ASU, and our baby is going to start her senior year. We have homeschooled, charter school, public school, and have gone back and forth between those three multiple times.
0: Thank you, Robin.
4: Well, my name's Kelly McGuire, and I'm married to Joe. We've been married for 31 years. We have three daughters. The oldest is 29. The next one is 22 and the youngest is 20. Um, our daughters have attended public school, charter school, and Christian school. but I'm also an educator, and I've taught in every sort of capacity that there is out there. So I've taught in uh, private, Christian, parochial, public, homeschool, and charter school. I think that's all
0: of them. And now I teach at GCU and I train teachers. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, ladies. Welcome. Um, So let's imagine, uh, I talked about in the intro that there's been these families that have moved from these other states. And uh, so let's imagine there's a a family, they have two kids, maybe they're from Oregon or California. You know, their kids are finishing up their semester, but now they're thinking, okay, there's all these options, And we want to make the the best decision, but Arizona is a little different. And, you know, so let's imagine we're sitting down with them for coffee and just kind of, uh, you know, they're seeking our advice. So probably the the first question, like, what are some common questions or concerns uh, or factors that they should consider in this evaluation process? So like really high level.
4: I was thinking, um, you know, like Suzanne and I both have um, married two members of the military. So we moved around a lot. So sometimes moving forced us, like the, you know, the scenario that you're presenting to us with a family that had to move and what they would choose to do. And some of the things I think we would say would be to consider where are you living? You know, what school is nearby? Um, Do you want to go to public school or would you prefer a private school? So just, um, you know, first just starting where do you want to live? is it, do you want to live near where you're working? Do you want to live near where you go to church? And then what would be those schools in that surrounding area? So that would just be kind of the upper level. Yeah. Robin?
2: I would say um, the first thing is like, what are the dynamics that make your family special? Like what is most important to you and your husband? Is it family time? Is it um, a high education? Is it sports activities? Maybe you have a kid who is amazing at soccer um, or plays club volleyball and, and you want to explore those things for further down the line for possible scholarships. So I think the the first thing is looking at your family and your family dynamics um, and what do you want, which school do you want to fit into your family dynamics instead of Fitting your family dynamics into a school Mm. is where I would start. Yeah. Donna? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yes. And we did move here eight years ago from, we came from New Mexico. So we came from the opposite side. of of Land of enchantment, right? That's right. That's that's right. right. Um, We brought low health prices, not (laughs) (laughs) the opposite. Um, But yeah, some things we considered is similar to what Robin and Kelly were saying, just proximity to where we were living, um, Definitely, we looked for the quality school, um, which we're going to get into a little bit more, Mm -hmm. looking into some of those things that are important to us, like the classroom ratios and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a a big picture of looking. I love what you said, Robin. And then also considering
3: the needs of your kids as well.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Suzanne? Yeah,
3: I can relate a lot with what Robin said. Um, Really figuring out what the values of your family are and – working school around that, Mm -hmm. making decisions based off of that. What are your values? What are your priorities? Um, As a family, like Kelly mentioned, my husband, especially when our kids were really little, was gone just a lot. And so that actually helped drive some of our decision to homeschool for a lot of those years, even though that seems a little crazy because I was on my own a lot. Um, That was actually part of the reason because I wanted the kids to be home when greg was home i wanted to have that family time so our values and priorities um, when they were little is kind of what drove that decision so it can change also in seasons of life sure um but yeah just whatever decision you're making if it's a family coming from oregon or california or wherever i'd say just cover it a lot in prayer and don't um it can feel so overwhelming so don't make decisions based out of fear, but, um, really talk with people, talk with, um, people that, you know, maybe that you meet out here through church or whatever. Um, but I would really say, get on the same page with your spouse and start with values, your values and priorities as a family, and then go from there.
0: Great. So, um, evaluating schools. So what are the things that you're looking for? And, and they all, I mean, you all had talked about uh, season of life or your priorities or your culture. Um, but when you're, let's just, let's imagine there's a, an, uh, two elementary schools in your, close, in your neighborhood and you have a choice between the two and you're like, oh gosh, there's two of them. Okay, which one am I going to choose? What are you looking for? What do you want to hear?
4: I, what do you want to see? I think, first of all, you have to know your own children. And Mm -hmm. what are their interests? What are their strengths? Do they need something with special education or, you know, speech pathology, that kind of thing? So, and then, so if you start with your kids' needs, then you can start then evaluating those two elementary schools that you presented and see, well, what do they offer? Um, What kind of curriculum do they have? Do they have special education Mm -hmm. um, that might be needed for that particular child in your family? So those would be some of the things that I would start with.
0: What else?
1: A big priority for me was homework. And I know sure. that's, that
0: you wanted a lot of homework, right? I <laughs> did
1: not want a lot of homework. So that was ironically, I feel like maybe a smaller thing, but it was really important to our family because I just wanted them to have a time for family time and to relax and you know, in high school years to work or do sports. And so that actually bubbled to the top as one of the priorities for us.
0: Yeah. That really connects with Robin talking about kind of culture, like what kind of family culture really should be a big driver for like what kind of schools. Cause you're right. Cause some schools seems to have a lot of homework and others, you know, it's a, a normal amount. Um, but yeah, that's, that's great. What else? What else? Mm-hmm. Two elementary schools, you're looking at kind of the amount of homework you're looking at who your kids are, what do they need? Like what what else are you kind of thinking about? Or what do you want to hear from say the teachers or the administration?
3: I think maybe just knowing that, um, the teachers want to be involved with the parents. They want to have communication with the parents. Mm. Um, you feel like you can freely message them and email them and, um, just have relationship with them to me that even as we made different decisions in changing up after homeschooling, that was a huge thing for me is just having those relationships with teachers and, um, feeling like I could reach out to them. Like it wasn't this, there wasn't this, you know, boundary line of no, they they won't respond. And that was, that was really important to me. So, um, and, like Kelly said, well, we did have a couple years where our nephew lived with us. And so we made some different decisions based off of having him with us and, um, school choice based on really what he needed in that season and a school that offered specific things and structure and based off of his, um, unique needs. And so, um, that, w- that actually was huge for us and actually drove decisions at that point. So mm. it, it can change based on what's happening in your life at the time. so
0: yeah
4: I think another factor to consider um, moving here and looking at you know a couple of schools that you might have as an option would be curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, again, as you mentioned Jeffrey earlier, there are so many choices here in Arizona and a lot of times that means a difference in curriculum. And one thing about charter schools is that they get their charter based on something, and many times that's on a curriculum. So if you're looking for, say, like a phonics-based or if you're looking something for performing arts or maybe you're looking for music, um, that (coughs) curriculum can be Kind of a a make it or break it for some families. And so, again, going back to what I originally said, knowing your child, knowing your kid and what their strengths and weaknesses are, that curriculum can play a huge part in that. Mm. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing to investigate when you are looking at and maybe narrowing it down to those last, you know, two or three schools that you're, you're going to consider would possibly be. Yeah. curriculum yeah, choices. Even
2: in public schools you can have traditional public schools yeah. you can have so oh public schools aren't all the same <laughs> and so the biggest thing I we did when we we homeschooled for a while and then we put our some of our kids in a charter school is I just toured them mm-hmm. and I talked to as many teachers as I could and at one charter school they seemed very run down and tired and another charter school they seemed very excited and lively And so you can get a lot from just talking to the teachers at the school. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually asked to observe two classes um, just because I wanted to see what they were like. And so, you know, don't be afraid to ask to, like, look behind the curtain a little bit.
4: (laughs) absolutely as a former educator you know in in the k-12 sector i highly recommend going and doing an observation now when we had the pandemic that was a a lot more challenging but i think that things are uh, shifting back to the way it used to be and many schools do offer you know like a tour day so it might just be a specific day of the week but um schools that are willing to let parents Mm -hmm. come in and see what's going on Mm -hmm. that's really important and as robin mentioned if you can also do tours in the classrooms uh that's really key too because you can pick up on a a lot of uh difference with the dynamics and just the how the students interact with one another how they interact with their teachers
0: yeah so makes me think of um We're all very accustomed to looking at online reviews. Like if we go to Amazon Mm -hmm. and we have two products and we're like, okay, which one's got more five stars or four stars or what are people saying about the product? Um, there's so much information on the internet. How reliable have you found some of the online school reviews? Have they been helpful? Do you think it's one data point that you shouldn't have in your consideration set? Should you put more weight or less weight on it? Um, have you guys used them?
4: One that I've used um, for about 30 years because of the moving that we had to do was Great Schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, I believe, is pretty um, credible. And that's because it's just it's just statistics. It would be how many of their teachers have advanced degrees, mm-hmm. what is their um, teacher-student ratio, how many on our free reduced lunch, um, what is their, you know, uh, test scores, that kind of thing. So it's pretty pretty bland, but it's just the the, uh, statistics that are reported. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would stay away from Facebook reviews or <laughs> totally. Facebook because if you like really do a deep dive, you can find yourself down a rabbit hole, number one. And number two, you can see if like two or three people are disgruntled, mm-hmm. they just keep something going over and over. So like Kelly said that the great schools is so much better because it's not... There's no emotion in it. It's just all fact. So I'd be really careful. I'd also, if you're in a neighborhood and you have two schools, like ask the parents in your neighborhood where their kids go to school, what their experience has been. Um, You know, especially if like when, when I grew up in the olden days, um, everybody went to their neighborhood school. And so all your friends lived in your neighborhood. And so if that's important to you, find Hmm. out where the kids in your neighborhood are going and get some information that way.
0: Um, so Kelly, you talked about COVID. Mm-hmm. We had this little thing called lockdown and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. online education. Some schools, some school districts did really well at mm-hmm. kind of pivoting and shifting gears. Some did not. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Hopefully there won't be another global pandemic or the type of lockdown, but it definitely has shaped how education is going to, you know, really be conducted then in, in the years ahead? Um, has any of those changes affected uh, your how how it's affected your students? Whether it's your your kids or your students with you, Kelly. But just as a, as a parent or parents or family, how are they? How are you thinking through this new experience? And how does that go into your evaluation?
1: Well, I actually asked my kids I have asked my kids this question and uh, both my, uh, junior and freshman said that all the students are dumber now. So <laughs> I thought at least everybody's equally dumber. So we're all in the same boat, but, um, they actually thought, um, you know, the teachers really have, the classroom really is returned to normal in their view. And the teachers are, are, are back, you know, to teaching the way they all have always been teaching. Um, I know obviously they had to implement Google classroom and some of the online uh, ways of teaching and my kids have found that helpful in a number of ways. Um, And so I'm excited too, just as they go to college and colleges are using like GCU where my son is and Kelly teaches. um, Yeah. Everything's on the computer. So I feel kind of thankful that they're going to go into college kind of with some of those skills. And I know Suzanne, you mentioned even just some benefits you know, with your son, just some flexibility that some of the un- online pivots have created.
3: Yeah, I so um, our kids, even when we were homeschooling, as they got further into it, we did do some online classes. Um, so they, when Google Classrooms came around, once our kids had transitioned to public school and high school, we had two boys um, at public high school with Donna's kids, And they – so going to Google Classrooms for them was not that huge of a deal because they had had a little bit of experience. I know it was very, very rough for some Mm -hmm. kids. Um, And that first year of COVID, I know teachers were just scrambling. So love them. That was rough. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were just trying to get that figured out, and so that was hard. Um, The next year, it definitely was more – fluid and had worked out more. So I appreciate the Google Classrooms now. It does create more flexibility. I like, I'm just the person I am. I like structure with flexibility. And so um, a lot of flexibility. So it's been great, actually, for our youngest, who's a junior. He has been able to, I just feel like uh, his school has now offered um, more flexibility in that they can take some classes online, through Chandler Online Academy, and do some at school. So he's taking one class at home right now. Um, that's a long story why, but he's doing it at home, and then the rest are at school. The year before, he was able to take two classes through COA, and then the rest at school. So that I don't believe that that was actually an option before COVID. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's worked, yeah. it's worked out well for us. That's been one of the benefits that's come from it.
0: That's great. Any, anything else that, that in terms of just how COVID has changed education and kind of uh, the way that we evaluate schools?
4: Well, I think that COVID did cause us to look at teachers a little bit differently. Uh, mm-hmm. Once we went into lockdown and all the parents were then required mm-hmm. to teach their own children, we had about 10 minutes of everybody in the country appreciating teachers, mm-hmm. and then it all switched back to not appreciating them as much as they usually do um But teachers were asked to do a lot mm-hmm. and unfortunately we've lost many, many mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of teachers. There's a huge, huge hole in the state, um, not enough teachers to educate the students and I do believe that the pandemic did have a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. It just, it plumb wore them out. Um, But I agree with the um, points that Donna and Suzanne were making about um, online options. It really did um, showcase some of the the more options. I mean, Arizona already has so many ways that we can educate, but now it's giving us even more platforms to do that. And with the high schoolers using different um, LMS, uh, learning management systems like Google Classroom or Moodle or whatever, and then they go off to college, it's very much um, a mixture of like a, in-person, and online Mm -hmm. components. So Mm -hmm. it's preparing them better in that respect.
0: Yeah. I mentioned earlier about um, evaluating schools online, a little bit like uh, Amazon. (laughs) Um, We're all consumers. Uh, We're used to changing brands, uh, where we go to dinner, what kind of peanut butter what is the danger of looking at education in that same perspective of, of consumeristic? It's all about me and, and meeting my needs. And if I'm not getting my needs met, I'm going to bolt and I'm taking my kids to another school. Like mm-hmm. what's the danger there and how do you fight kind of that that consumeristic mindset?
2: So I think one of the, the big things that we've talked about in the past is deciding ahead of time before you make a decision, how long you're going to stick with that decision. So if you start a new school, you could say, hey, I'm going to give this six months. Um, if you give it two weeks, it's it's just not going to do you any favors. It's not going to do your kids any favors. And one of the things that the Lord uses in our life is growth through stressful or hard situations. Like he is there. He is there to meet you. And so I, I, I liken it back to when I was teaching, um, I would teach at these schools that we, I would have people on my team. Would I have chosen all those people to be on my team at the beginning of the year? Probably not. By the end of the year, it was such a blessing to be with people who were different than I was. Mm-hmm. And we still, we have lifelong friendships because of it. And so we're so used to comfort that I don't think we're doing our kids um, any favors when we model something's not great for us, now we're gonna change, Um instead of some perseverance. Now, all that to say, sometimes there's a situation that you you need to get out of and you know, I'm I'm not saying that, but if you find yourself ahead of time saying, "Hey, we're going to give this 6 months, we're going to give this a year, we're going to reevaluate," which is how we we schooled our kids. We homeschooled at the beginning, but every year we reevaluated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, instead of like just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, we worked through issues and then reevaluated after that
0: so younger families though may not understand what like what are good reasons or what are not great reasons to switch so can you go a little bit deeper so give you an example of like this isn't a big deal you should stick it out have some perseverance or this is a big deal. This is a problem that you probably need to move on. So, do you have like sure. two examples, or and so, all of you think about examples of good reasons to stay, or reasons that aren't that bad to stay, and reasons that you should definitely think about moving on?
2: So, I think uh, an example when not to move on is to say my kid, my kid's not clicking with anyone in their class. Um, when it's a class of thirty kids, like come on, you know. So, um, that's kind of an opportunity for you to meet the other parents, arrange play dates, try and find a bridge instead of, you know, nobody, nobody understands my child. Um, talk to the teacher about it. So that wouldn't be a great reason, um, to jump ship. A good reason would be a teacher who is deviating from the curriculum, teaching something that they're not supposed to having an agenda or even, um, If you if that happens and you go to the principal, like you're just not getting anywhere like there's you you've tried like so one thing is and as a former teacher, you know, I loved having relationships with parents, I would have been devastated if somebody had pulled their kid out of my class and never even talked to Mm -hmm. me. So, like going to the modeling to your kids, we're going to the teacher first. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. okay. That did not go well. Now we're going to go to the administration. Okay, now that didn't go well. So that that would be maybe a reason to reevaluate. Um, but always, never assume a teacher knows everything that's happening in the classroom. There's a lot of kiddos in there, mm-hmm. and so giving a lot of grace. Um, and then seeing what you can do as a parent to be really involved mm-hmm. and come and support that teacher instead of say, oh, that doesn't work for us, we're moving on.
0: Well, and going to the teacher is, is valuable because some information they may have been shared with you might not be accurate because sometimes exactly. there's a thing called miscommunication. Yes. So it's always good to go to the source and say, hey, did, was this really taught or did this event really happen? Yes. They're like, no, that's that's a parent or a student who just – wanted to say something that wasn't true so what else what are the reasons to stick it out what reasons to to bolt
4: one one um situation came up with one of our daughters at a school where I was thinking about what Donna said earlier about homework and um this particular school did require a lot of homework and you know the child was in school from about you know eight to three and did anywhere from four to six hours of homework a night we did have our daughter finish at that school because we did believe, you know, we had set out, we started the school year, we will finish the school year. But for us, that did end up being a decision, you know, that's not what we wanted. She was already doing enough in school. She did not need that level of homework. And I'm not to say, I'm not saying that that's not good for everybody. It just wasn't right for this particular kid. Mm-hmm. For so So for us, that was a decision that we made. Okay, we will now, we'll switch schools. Yeah. yeah.
1: I would think maybe um, a reason to leave also would be maybe special education needs. Mm-hmm. If, if you your child emerges that they have some special needs and not all schools are created equal in that and they're just not able to provide the level of care and one-on-one support, something like that would be just a really proactive sure.
3: decision. Yeah, I was just going to say similar to Kelly. We actually had a situation with one of our kids who um, went to junior high. It was... An advanced program and um, stuck it out for a year and a half and we finally made a decision to pull him out the last semester of eighth grade and the reasons that was not without a lot of prayer and a lot of discussion and a lot of him uh, walking through it with us with discussions with teachers and all of that Um, and also So the main reason ended up being because of homework. Same thing. It was an advanced program, which I felt like would challenge him. Um, He is a thinker and needs the challenge, but it ended up being like eight to three and then three or four hours of homework. And maybe for some kids, they could get through it faster, but for him, um, he just couldn't. And so it was so stressful to the point where I'm saying, go take a break, go down to the park, go down to the park right now. And he would not want to because he was so stressed about wanting to get his homework done. And he just, it was like I was losing my little 12-year-old kid and I just was not going to have that anymore. And so we pulled him for the last semester and homeschooled him the last semester. And, um, but even though that was hard and I didn't want to be the pulling kids out of, you know, whatever, it actually was so awesome to walk through that with him and point out how Jesus provided for him uh-huh. in that. And the sweet friends, he had two best friends in that program that ended up are still best friends. They both go to ASU with him and um, just great friends. So looking for um, how the Lord is providing in that, even in the hard and the growth that came from it was worth it. But it wasn't a decision we made lately. Yeah.
2: One, one thing I wanted to add to that was, if you have an issue with the teacher, please don't let that be the first time they've met you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like we made it, a, we made it a priority to the nth degree to be at every open house. When our kids were seniors at Perry High School, we were one of the only parents at open house because the senior parents were like, "We're done," and I'm like, "It was so important." Was that wrong, for me? Robin. It's not wrong, but it was, (laughs) do I have to go? It was important for me, for those parents to know me and to see my face. And so, and to be supportive anytime a teacher is sent home, we need mm -hmm. paper towels. I'm like, yes, I will get Mm -hmm. you, you know, like Mm -hmm. that they know that you're supported. So one, one thing that happened with one of our daughters at Perry high school was she basically wanted to do her junior and senior year the same year um so that would free her up her senior year to do something else it had never been done before and I solely think the reason they said yes is because they knew who I was her counselor knew who I was the principal knew who I was (laughs) um all the teachers knew who I was and so I think that was really it was really the turning point for for them to say yes we will try this um and it turned out great but like no make sure they know who you are and so when something comes up you already have a relationship yes
4: that's really yeah. key 100%. As, as an educator that's really key because as a teacher quite frankly the parents can be the absolute worst part of our job teaching or they could end up being one of the best parts yes. yeah. so building those positive relationships with um the teachers is really really key and that can help you know make it a break if you're going to stay at a school or leave a school
1: totally and I was thinking even, Jeffrey, as you asked the question, like fast food restaurants and peanut butter, <laughs> I was thinking of Burger King, like have it your way. And you can have your burger your way. But at schools, you're never going to have everything your way. And so if you're going to leave, you know, expecting every single aspect to be your way and the and way you you're cha- home Good point. Good point. So I think that could just play into just, hey, yeah there's some endurance that we might need to have or Mm -hmm. some forbearance or some forgiveness or some flexibility. So
0: yeah, in our home we say um, frustration comes from unmet expectations, Mm -hmm. but sometimes your expectations need to be reevaluated or adjusted because if you don't, if you have wrong expectations, like everything's going to be your way, everything's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. All my teachers are going to be, you know, Harvard educated Mm -hmm. and have amazing diagrams and every, you know, you need to kind of maybe bring those back. (laughs) Just listening to you, though, and two things strike me. Two is, or one is, um, try you know, working with our kids through the trials gives us an opportunity for them to see God's grace and how God works through um, difficult times. And and if you pull them out of those difficult times, there's not this opportunity for them to see God like, oh, He changes hearts or He's creative in terms of this new program or the change in a teacher or whatever. So I mean you lose that that opportunity to see how God can work. And then second, being able to work through these difficult times sets them up for success in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have horrible bosses. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have difficult relationships. They're gonna have a neighbor that's difficult to work with or to get along with. Mm-hmm. And so if you pull them out of every tough situation, you're not training them for the future, and so you know our our goal is is to train up our kids in the way of the Lord, and some of that is through patience and forgiveness and perseverance and integrity. And so you just kind of you know kind of you lose that opportunity. So, um, what is your perspective on preschool, good or bad? Do you think it's a it's a it's a must have? Is is that something you should get your kids in like as soon as they can make noise with their mouth? They need to be in some kind of structured environment like a preschool or is it like you know what, what what's your thoughts I, I i'm seeing i'm sensing there's can be uh, some difference of opinion so i'm excited
1: yeah i um i'm a former educator too i taught preschool kindergarten and first grade so i'm biased i love preschool i loved teaching it just loved making it a happy learning environment for families um, i don't think it's a must i think you can do anything in the home that you can do in a preschool my three kids went to a just a lovely little christian church preschool it was like tuesday thursday mornings 9 to 11:30 and i mean i did you know being a kindergarten teacher want them to be prepared academically and everything but really it was just it was just a lovely experience for them it was more kind of like we were talking about kind of this fit for the whole family and our family culture my best friend her kids went there so we carpooled It was just a a delightful experience that was, my kids were just happy. They had cute little programs that we enjoyed going to and watching them sing and perform. So it was kind of this, just this holistic good experience for them. That was our experience. But I think you could definitely prepare your children at home and in different ways.
0: Suzanne?
3: So we were living in Oklahoma. We are stationed in Oklahoma when our oldest was preschool age. And so... I did not do, we did like had a little Mother's Day out type thing at our church, but we had our squadron of families who we were all in the same phase of life. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of our preschool mm-hmm. is just, I mean, as far as like socialization and that kind of thing. But then I was just, I just kind of naturally started doing stuff with my daughter mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. you know counting and all those things that I just had started doing preschool with her on my own, but I didn't even really realize that's what I was doing. But she had all of our squadron family as with their kids was kind of our preschool experience. So when we moved here, she was four, um, but we had begun. We basically, that's a whole other story, but we started homeschooling. So we never really did preschool with our two boys because we had our homeschool Mm. kind of situation set up when we moved here and Mm. well a couple years into moving here and They kind of had we had our own families. We were doing stuff with so I did not have the same situation as Donna But I love her saying that (laughs) just a lovely (laughs) experience. So sweet (laughs) So mine was just a just because of our family situation was a little different. Yeah, Robin preschool so we sent our oldest to preschool solely because she was a homebody
2: and a mama's girl. Mm-hmm. And I needed her to like experience success away from us, um, which she very much did at a little Christian preschool, which was the most adorable program. Mm-hmm. We sent Kevin to preschool because I needed a break from Kevin. <laughs> Um, he was nuts. And so this preschool, because I got to know him really well and, and they would see him when I'd pick up Kyla and they're like, Oh no, we have the perfect teacher for him. (laughs) So he went to preschool because we all needed a break from Kevin, which he knows. And this is not a secret. So, and he's, we don't need a break from him anymore, but, um, and, and then Riley went to preschool because she's super social. However, Mm -hmm. The rest of them didn't go to preschool mm. because at that point I was homeschooling mm-hmm. and like I couldn't be stop homeschooling to go take them to preschool. Now, do I think you need preschool? No, I think you just need to play. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I yes. think. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just need to play and play. And I mm-hmm. honestly, this is, might be unpopular, I think you need to play until they're seven. You know, mm-hmm. go to the park, go to the aquarium, mm-hmm. go to the pet store, go to the riparian preserve. Just play play and play and play because kids don't know how to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And so now modeling that is more important. So I don't think they needed preschool. It was great. They loved it. Mm-hmm. They had a great experience. Mm-hmm. We had a great experience, but I don't think it's something you need.
0: Yeah. Kelly? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I love that. <laughs> I've
4: been sitting here thinking, how am I going to say this? Um, I I don't think that preschool should be Purely academic. Mm-hmm. I think preschool, if you're choosing to send your child to preschool, needs to be play based, mm-hmm. um, for all of the reasons that Robin uh, shared with us. Mm-hmm. My kids didn't go to preschool, but I I was a stay at home mom, so I had the benefit mm-hmm. uh, that many moms don't. Uh, I signed my kids up for Parks and Rec stuff. So for every two weeks, okay, we're going to do ballet for two weeks. Okay, we're going to do something else for two weeks. So I just got them involved in stuff at the the local, you know, Gilbert Parks and Rec. Um, but I'm guessing that there are, you know, families out there who both mom and dad have to work. So mm-hmm. preschool is then something that you have to consider mm-hmm. in a different way, right. because that would be before school care, after school care, and all day. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that that in that case, then preschool is essential because there's a need for that particular family then to evaluate what kind of school they're going to look for for their children in preparation then for kindergarten first grade and so on
0: yeah so homeschooling okay so um when you evaluate a school you go to a campus you talk to administrators you talk to teachers you look at um the programs the curriculum homeschooling you're looking at yourself you're you're looking at your (laughs) you're looking at your home you're looking at your culture you're looking at your capacity a lot of your evaluation so um if a mom and dad are thinking through homeschooling uh first like what what's the what's the what's the two or three things that you would ask them that they should evaluate or think about
2: um well first i would ask them what they know about homeschooling because once upon a time all homeschoolers look the same that is not the case anymore at all and so um my background was teaching a friend asked me to go to the homeschool convention with her and pick out curriculum. And I said these words, which I should never have said. I said, no, no, don't be one of those people. And um, I went to the homeschool convention with her. And like two hours into it, I called my husband. I'm like, I think we're supposed to homeschool. And he's like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> um Because it opened, for me, coming from education, it opened up a world for teaching my kids what I wanted to teach them when I wanted to teach them certain things. And so I just found so much freedom in it. So I would ask them, what do they know about homeschooling? That would be question number one. Question number two um, would be like, who have you talked to who has homeschooled? And who have you talked to as homeschooled kids? in multiple ages. Mm -hmm. Like not just, Hey, I've homeschooled my Mm -hmm. child for first grade. Like who's homeschooled their kids for junior high. Like, Mm -hmm. look, I I look at everything as like, this could be a long-term thing. So I want to learn as much as I can about it. And then the last question I would ask them is, do they know, I feel like this is key, do they know their own learning style, and do they know their kids' learning styles? Because a lot of times I see homeschoolers who are frustrated because they're teaching their kids the way they learn, not the way they're, the way the kids learn, and so, like, just being aware of those three things, those would be my first three questions.
3: Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I would, I wrote down some ideas but I would say what's your motivation for mm-hmm. homeschooling again going back to the fear mm-hmm. not doing something making a choice a decision out of fear mm-hmm. um, so what is your heart behind why you want to do this like I mentioned in the beginning um, my husband was gone a lot well we just moved here to Arizona when our daughter was four and there was just so much I already back all those years ago felt all this pressure there was so many options trying to decide where we were going to live. And I was, like I said, I'd already kind of was doing preschool with my daughter without even realizing that's what I was really doing. Um, but then got here and I, my husband was gone a lot and I just said, you know, let's just, let's think through this. Like, what would this look like for our family with homeschooling? It would give us a little bit of, um, time to make some decisions, to look, to Mm. consider options. And so, we decided to homeschool. Um, So that's kind of, and I wanted the time, the kids to be home when he was home. So that was a motivation for us. Um, Also, if you are married, I know there's probably single parents out here listening to this, um, which makes decisions a little different, but um, is your spouse on board? Yes. You have to be in unity with your spouse on this because homeschooling is a big deal. Um, and so again, like Robin said, have you talked to families that have homeschooled? Do you know kind of what you're looking at? Because it is, it's a huge deal. You are home with your kids. You don't get the breaks. Maybe some other families do when their kids go off to school. So your life is going to look different. And, um, that's just something you have to, you have to think through how, what is this going to look like? And, um, so it's a huge commitment Know that you're gonna have great days and hard days. It's not gonna look like this perfect little homeschooling That's situation right. at your kitchen table, and all the kids are listening and perfectly behaved, and we all get everything done. It does. It doesn't. Most days actually don't look like that. Um, yeah. And then I would say for sure, like Robin said, with the learning style, that takes time to figure out. You may know your own but you don't necessarily know your kids. So that takes time, and that's where I would say talk to at least two or th- three other homeschooling families who have done it for different periods at different stages of life. Um, and like you also mentioned, the homeschool um, conference. Mm-hmm. That is so overwhelming. You walk in, and there's yes thousands of curriculums. And so talking to different families to figure out kind of what worked and maybe where to start and know that you can change it. Um, I, I like to have structure, like I said, with flexibility. So that drove some of my decisions, but I also changed things up over the first three, four years because I was learning Mm. how my kids learned. And I didn't know that until I started teaching them. So it was an awesome experience. I never will regret those days. Um, my kids probably have funny stories about all that. But um, it's a sweet, sweet time, but it's it's a lot. So yeah. get connected and have support. Yes, Support is so important. We had our homeschool families, a couple families that we did life with, we homeschooled with. Right. I met Kelly through homeschool enrichment program at a private Christian school. Arizona has lots of options for enrichment, support, but get support, talk to families, get on the same page as your spouse. Yes. Yeah, so homeschooling is a huge, it's a whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm.
2: It's not like I go to, my kids go to public school and my kids are homeschooled. It is not that. And it is also not replicating what, it's not public school at home. Mm-hmm. It's not. And so you are learning, you're not just taking like making a classroom setting for your kids at home. It's it's much more um, in depth than that. And mm-hmm. so the key is you and your spouse being on the same page Mm -hmm. um, is one of them. And the other one, as a mom, you're the teacher, you're the mom. You're also doing chores and making dinner. And then you turn around to make dinner, and somebody has escaped because they know Mm -hmm. you're distracted. And then you're like, did you get your math done? And Mm -hmm. then their dad comes home and says, get your math done. And it's done in five minutes. And you're like, we've been doing that for three hours. (laughs) And so, like, it's it's really learning the family dynamics, however – I will say one of the reasons we really wanted to homeschool is my brothers and I are all four years apart. And so we'd all go to school, come home, and go in our rooms. Mm -hmm. And with our kids um, very, very close in age, the six of them, I wanted them to be close with each other. Mm -hmm. So homeschooling afforded that because they weren't leaving every day going to their different classrooms. They were doing, we were doing life together. And so I don't regret that. It's just you need to walk in eyes wide open yes. as to what. It's not idyllic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some days. There are times that I called Jim and told him um, the kids were locked outside, and if Jim let them in, I was out of there. And so mm-hmm. he was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, there there were days yeah. like that. There were days that, you know, and so just – figuring out who your friends are, who also homeschool, Mm -hmm. maybe getting in a co-op. So other people, um, your kids are exposed to other people, not just Mm -hmm. you, which is what you want. Um, And then what Mm -hmm. happened for us through co-op settings was there were just a lot of people who loved my kids. And Mm -hmm. so the days that I was struggling, I knew that they, they loved my kids. Mm So it, it, very much as a community, mm-hmm. but you need to, the curriculum is a very small part of it. Yeah. Everyone thinks the curriculum and choosing the curriculum is the biggest question. It's not, it's like, is this the lifestyle mm-hmm. we want for our family is the biggest question. Right. If that answers yes, you keep going, mm-hmm. but you never, 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 I've seen this crash and burn so many times, do never homeschool out of fear. Mm-hmm out of fear of public school for sure um that is not a good starting point
0: are there any other wrong motives to think about or pursue homeschooling you you talked about fear you talked about um you know and and good motives also about you know being time with your kids and
2: i've met a lot of people who homeschooled because they wanted to shelter their kids Mm and
0: Does that that work?
2: Jim and I just aren't shelterers. (laughs) We're not insulators. And so, you know. And you better not send them to church youth group or anything like that either. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, we wanted home to be the place where we talked about all these things that they were exposed to. Mm -hmm. And so um, when three of our kids ended up going to public high school um, and something happened there, Mm. we had a relationship where we could talk about it. Um, you know, things like that. I think good motivations is you, you can make your own schedule. Mm-hmm. You can um, take time off when maybe your spouse has time off. Yeah. You can um, go on these really great field trips. You can deep dive into a topic or a subject. If you have a kid, I had a kid who was really into history. And so we could deep dive into history and take mm-hmm. time to do that. So, I mean, we, we made sure we were doing, you know, math and, and stuff like that, but we had freedom yeah. to go where the interests were. And so they could really explore things, but whether your kids are homeschooled or public
3: schooled, if you can teach your kids how to learn, yeah, you've got it. Yeah. That's what it is. Like we wanted to be able to create lifelong learners mm-hmm. and no matter where they're at, no matter what yes. school homeschooling, public school, whatever, just wanting that for our kids, for them to be lifelong learners, um, about everything. And so that one last thing I was just going to say, um, about with homeschooling is I do know some families who go into it thinking long-term, I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. all the way through high school. Um, I, and I know people who are doing that right now and it's just unbelievable. So, I mean, just wonderful. But I I was not in the position where I felt like I could do that. That actually was overwhelming to me. So for me, I was taking it year by year. I knew I kept having to reevaluate each year. My values always stayed the same. Our values as a family were the same, but priorities sometimes changed right. based on the season, my husband's job, the kids, their activities, their things they enjoyed. And so year by year i had to make that decision if i thought of it too far out i just the weight of it just kind of crushed me mm-hmm. and so i didn't even feel like i had the energy to keep going if i thought that far out so i would do it year by year i
2: love that so much because then you say here's our values does public school fit in our values does home school fit in? so you're not making a decision based on the education because I look at it, you know, my my grandma, she lived until she was ninety, so I I base all my calculations off of that. But if I were to live till I was ninety, my oldest would be sixty five. Mm-hmm. So schooling is such a very small part of my re- lifelong relationship with my kids mm-hmm. that if you base your stuff off your fa- your decisions off your family values, that has long lasting, like implications. just yeah. implications rather than schooling because mm-hmm. that's just a short window. Yep.
0: So the unfortunate reality is we will sometimes be criticized for our decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, you send your kids to public school? I can't imagine you doing that. Oh, you homeschool? Okay, you guys are weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, private school? Oh, okay, Someone's, uh, did, did someone get an inheritance? You know, there's a lot of stigmas uh, uh, or, or, I guess, criticism that we can face. How have you kind of handled that? How have you been able to either lovingly engage in that conversation or, yeah?
1: I mean, I would just bring up something Suzanne even mentioned at the beginning about really covering something in prayer and really getting the wisdom from other people, like we've mentioned. And then you're just, you're super secure in the leading of the Lord and your family in that setting and united with Him. And so you know, as you receive maybe some judgment or pushback or disagreement, you know, and you're confident in your decision that was made in conjunction with your spouse, like we've talked about, and really just faithfully following where the Lord, you feel like the Lord has led you at least for that year or that
3: season.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you guys experienced that being criticized for the choices? Yes. Yeah. And was that painful or did you not, or do you not let it bother you?
3: I, so just with homeschooling in the beginning, Um, and it it was just tricky because I had family, they, they've never been, I mean, no one had ever homeschooled in our family. And so it was just hard to understand. And uh, my family are huge public school supporters. I was the 16th one in my family to graduate from Chandler high school, my sister, the 17th. And so that was, it, it was, I think it was a little bit of a loss for them just when they were. Um, the kids were younger, just, you know, that was their heart, which I totally got. And so in the beginning, I did feel like I had some of this, like trying to prove what Mm -hmm. I was doing and that I could do it. And I was, you know, our kids were going to turn out just fine and all this. But, um, I realized too, actually my husband's the one that pointed this out to me, um, that we weren't doing it for the approval (laughs) Mm -hmm. of man. Like Mm -hmm. it was for the Lord and it was a value for our family but we didn't we didn't need everyone else to under understand and so him saying that to me actually took this weight off of me cuz i did feel like i was trying to prove something in the mm. beginning i didn't re- it's I, I didn't know that in the beginning that's what was happening but i think that later on i realized and it's been so sweet because those family members now all these years later and my sister's homeschools and is just incredible at it. They're on the road with their kids and four amazing kids. Um, that those people that my family that wasn't sure about it in the beginning. Now, all these years later, they rave about what my sister is doing and her kids and just, yeah. they see it, but they just didn't know. They just didn't know. And so um, and that's okay. I had to just come to terms with no matter what decision we were making, even when we did charter school for a couple of years, or then changing to public school, because then you might have some people that are like, "Well, why are you doing that?" And You know, yeah. I just had to. Everything God really grew me in the fact that I was trusting in Him, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we were putting our our we were walking with Him mm-hmm. in this decision. Um, but loving, really loving others where they were at, and and. Just saying, it's okay. Like, let me talk to you about this and love them. They didn't understand or whatever. Like, I'm still going to love them where they were at right. with that. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And I think even just what our church teaches so much is this posture of curiosity and asking questions as we engage with other people. And mm-hmm. people probably have pretty good reasons that match their values mm-hmm. for what they're doing. Yes. And so just the constant kind of comparing. And really, it's probably, you know, an identity issue in myself. You know, am I am I not a good parent? Cause I'm not homeschooling. And like Suzanne said, just really kind of growing with the Lord in that and wrestling through if you're finding any kind of identity in your s- children's school choice. And, um, so as much as it is for the kids, it is for the parents too. Mm-hmm.
0: What about when you guys experienced? So for criticism? us,
2: um, I come from a long line of family of educators, so mm-hmm. it was, um, I think they they took it as we were making a statement against mm. public school, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not what we were doing, right. and not not why we made that decision. And um, we did have a family member who loved when she would see our kids to quiz them mm. on random facts to make sure, you know, I was teaching them things and I was yeah. like, who
0: was the first president of the United States? Yeah,
2: exactly. It's like Abraham what's the, Lincoln. What's oh the, no. The Dewey <laughs> decimal system. And they're like, huh? Um, so that oh was super, you know, that was super fun. Um, and so, it was fine. And and once they, once my family like started seeing things and and understanding what homeschooling was, they didn't know what homeschooling was. And so understanding that, that helped. So we homeschooled all of our kids. And then in 2010, um, we had just come off a massive house fire. Mm -hmm. My grandmother died. Jim's dad died. My dad died all in one year. And Mm -hmm. so, the toll that it took, especially on me with, like, helping to care for my dad, I just needed a break, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's when we put our kids in a charter school, mm-hmm. and so they were in a charter school for two years, um, and the funny thing was, it was our homeschooling oh boy. friends who were like... Just they couldn't believe we would actually like throw our kids to the wolves. How basically. dare you, Robin. Exactly. And so we had to work with through yeah, that. But yeah. one thing that we've always done, the Lord has just been super gracious to us, is we we have an inner circle. And so though if those yeah. people would have said, Wait, what are you doing? I would have said, Wait, what are we doing? you know, but it's it's people who just maybe don't understand or have all the information or in like Suzanne said, love them well by, you know, wanting to have a dialogue and Mm -hmm. be curious. And so I just didn't take anybody's opinions personally, unless it was somebody super close to me. And then I would, you know, we would say, okay, are we doing the right thing? You know, if there's red flags with other people who know everything. Um, and so then when we put our, then when we put our kids, um, Our son wanted to go into the Navy. He decided he wanted to go into the Navy when he was 13. And Jim, in his wisdom, just did not think going from Mm. homeschooling to the Navy would be a good idea. (laughs) And so he ended up going to Perry High School. And, you know, we had criticism for that because Mm. it's so big, your kid's going to get lost. Mm. At that point, I think Perry, it's before Castile was built. So I think it was almost 4,000 kids. And And so we navigated that differently, you know, and so I think you can always find someone who's going to question your decisions. It's just a matter of what Suzanne, I think, said, being really secure Mm -hmm. in, in what Mm -hmm. you've decided.
0: What about you, Kelly? What criticism have you faced and how did you face it? I
4: haven't really received that much criticism Uh, and my kids did go to a variety of different schools, but I think it's because I was an educator (laughs) And so I was able to kind of spin mm-hmm. it, like you know, I'm just speaking to you from the te- you know the teacher perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but my comment would be more like just Christian to Christian, not. I guess it's just maybe more of a wish right. or a want. I, I just wish that we wouldn't criticize mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Um, that each of us is making these decisions based on prayer, priorities, family dynamics, that kind of thing. Um, and it you know if you just look. You can't see us but the four of us sitting here we've all done a variety of things but yet we all agree that it's okay whatever choices sure. that you're making for your kids are good and if you want to change them you can change them
1: um yeah that's where I'm at with that yeah and I would add even if you make a decision it is based on fear or something and you didn't make it under the most wise situations or didn't God's sovereign, yes, like God's absolutely. in control you're and God can that. work and God can use anything.
0: Yeah. I think we we become so consumed with trying to make them the, like the most perfect choice mm-hmm. and there, and so is there a perfect choice? No, no, no there's not no, a perfect no. choice. So, um, and some of our pride can really be driven by fear. So we talked a little bit about fear, but like, you know, so again, you're sitting down with this young family and they're trying to make the best decision, but you can tell that they are really coming from a a place of fear. How would you shepherd them? Like, how would you encourage them? What are some things that you would, uh, just to help them kind of navigate this without being pulled by fear?
3: I would really just want to just sit with them, you know, sit with this family here, let them talk, um, really seek to understand and, and just see them and, Really try to enter in because I know for sure as a young mom, you know, when my kids were little and I didn't know what I was doing and what decision would be best. There was really not a whole lot of perspective yet to just come alongside Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. help them feel known and loved in that moment of like, I hear you and I understand. And this is hard and it can feel so weighty. And, um, yeah, listen, just really listening first and then just encourage them like we've <clears throat> all been talking about. There is not a perfect decision, but God works with our messy. Yeah.
4: I think even after then, like you said, just really listening to their story, yeah. but then sharing some of your own
3: mm-hmm. and, sh-
4: and and being kind of brutally honest. Okay, well, we mm-hmm. did this and it, it didn't work. Or, you uh-huh. know, we made this decision yeah. out of fear and this was yeah. the result. Or then we, ch- you know, we switched to this I think sometimes when we can share those little anecdotal stories of what we went through, the good, the bad, the ugly, then it shows, you know, that, that reticent family, you know, okay, well, I might not make the perfect decision. I'm going to make the best decision that I can today or for this school year with this particular child. And as we've all just said over and over, just reevaluate it the next school year. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do the next year? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm
3: -hmm. I had a friend one time that I was trying to make some decisions and feeling totally overwhelmed, and she said, you know, there's lots and lots of good decisions, but what is God's best decision for you right now? Like right now, in this season, in this week, this year, whatever, um, that's, and sometimes that's just, it's hard to figure that out, what that is, but um, just trusting, like just making the t- the decision, making a decision, sitting with that, praying over it, covering that whole thing and just so much prayer, trusting the Lord, being open-handed. Um, I think that is one thing as parents and I've struggled with is just trying to cling so tightly to decisions because mm. you worry about your kids. You worry about them. And, um, God really has worked in my own life to pry my fingers back mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. trials. Mm-hmm. And, um, Yeah, so I would just, I would sit with that family and and just share all that stuff with them, and no matter what decision you make, um, as long as you're abiding in the Lord and staying close to Jesus, you can't go wrong. Right. Like, it doesn't mean it's gonna be perfect and not messy, um, but you are with the Lord, and he's with you. One
2: of my favorite quotes is from a gal named Cindy Rollins, who she's a long time in the homeschooling community. And she wrote this about homeschooling, but it can apply anywhere. It says, I didn't start homeschooling out of fear. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy about that now because fear does damage wherever it appears. Mm-hmm. And I think one, one thing I, I think I would say to that couple is when you're making a decision out of fear, that says something about your relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so like even looking at that and saying, okay, Aside, if we're talking school choice, let's just stop talking school mm-hmm, choice mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. let's talk about where your relationship is with the Lord because um, that's not where he lives. He doesn't mm-hmm. live, he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, right? And so really honing in on that, then you know whatever decision you do, you're wrapped in his love, you're wrapped mm-hmm. in his care. There's there's grace for for things. I don't know if there's any best decision ever, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and so I think we're so paralyzed about the best decision. We miss out on some good things that the Lord has mm-hmm, for us. Mm-hmm. So really like looking at what is that fear? What is it really saying?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: being secure in who you are in the Lord, because mm-hmm. how he parents us is how we want to parent our kids. And it was, it's with loving love, with kindness, with gentleness and so if we go into these decisions with love, with kindness, with gentleness, with wanting the best for our kids, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a better path. Mm-hmm.
0: So just to wrap up, just kind of a summary of kind of what we've heard. So, um, you know, evaluate, um, you know, schools and programs from a lot of different angles. Talk to people, talk to neighbors, get online, take tours, uh, one of the biggest ones I heard is know your kid, like what's their learning style, you know, where are they at in the season of life? Like, what do they need? Um, you definitely need to be on the same page with your spouse, like really trying to understand and, you know, making this decision together as a couple. Um, and then, you know, what is your family culture and dynamics? The, a lot of that can play into it. If you, you have sports, you have um, your location to the schools, a lot of homework, <laughs> less homework. Um And then just last, like not being motivated by fear. Um, What else would you add as we wrap up? Like what's the one other thing that, you know, as your kind of main takeaway for people listening?
1: I mean, we definitely hit on it, but trying to eliminate all trials or hardships that your kids might go through and how that might even just rob them of their own spiritual walk with Jesus. I know my daughter was in a hard math class and we did, you know, we talked to the teacher and all the, the things that we've talked about, but we really landed on, she needed some endurance and some perseverance. And that's kind of a character growth area that we needed for her. And so it was actually like, well, maybe she's not even going to get the math, best math education this year, but we valued that her Christ likeness and endurance and things like that was also important and mm-hmm. that she needed that. And we also prayed over it. We made a prayer card for it. And she did endure, and she did find Jesus being with her in that class and providing for her, like we've talked about. And so really her faith grew through that trial. And if I would have tried to eliminate all trials that my kids go through, I I would be really robbing them of their faith growth and their walk with Jesus. And so I just even— leave that with okay that was a bad math teacher a bad math experience maybe she's in a little bit of a deficit but praise the lord like she's walking closer with jesus now
0: thank you what else
4: i was going to mention something that we hadn't maybe touched on and that can be uh listening to your kid Mm -hmm. um i don't know so much that this my story would apply toward you know younger kids but when one of my kids was maybe about a freshman in high school she wanted she wanted to switch to a different school and joe and i really weren't on board with that well you know, God bless that kid. She basically wrote a persuasive awesome. essay awesome. and then came out and presented it to us one night. And she had all of the arguments, the counter arguments and, you know, the rebuttal, the the proof. Mm. And she went she went to bed and Joe and I just kind of sat there and looked at each other and went, well, that was well done. <laughs> and it gave us an opportunity to really think about what our, our child wanted mm-hmm. and needed she was able to articulate that to us. And then we really did take that into consideration. Yeah. And we we actually switched her school for her because oh, it awesome. was it was really well constructed. She yeah. had a lot of good arguments on it. So I think listening <coughs> to your kid can be a really important thing as well.
0: That's great. Robin, Suzanne?
3: I was just thinking about kind of this analogy that I shared with Donna last week. We had these guys coming out to cut our trees. Mm. They grew. Um, they were just gross. And so they were huge and scraggly. And so I was talking to the tree guy as he had, um, he was cutting it, or he was talking about how they were going to cut it. And I said, do we need to have stakes in these trees now? You know, mm. they're like four or five years old. And I'm afraid this one is kind of leaning and I'm afraid of it. As it continues to grow, it's going to eventually fall over. And he said, "No. He said, actually, the um, the storms are what are mm-hmm. going to strengthen this tree, the um, monsoon season, and we need to ha- let it have some give. Mm-hmm. And it's time for the stakes to be off. And we need this. You know, it actually um, makes their roots grow strong, mm-hmm. deeper when they're pushed. And I looked at him, and I was like." That is like what Jesus does to us. <laughs> He's like that is like parenting, you know, that's parenting. And um he probably thought it was crazy. He's like, Okay. But um it's just true. Like what mm-hmm. Donna said. We you know, God's been prying my fingers off all these mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and allowing We're the stakes. Yes, removing <laughs> the stakes. And the other thing he said is that each year you have to prune them less. Mm-hmm. And there's always wow. pruning. Yeah. But it's less often and when, after the child, before. I know, wasn't it great? And so I said, am going to i got to remember this. But um, just in that, I have seen that in our own kids' lives and in my life for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. God has grown me more. <laughs> As a parent. As a parent mm-hmm. um, and a spouse. But, I mean, God has refined me more in parenting mm-hmm. than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just say... You know, the trials for our kids and for us Mm -hmm. is a really good thing Mm -hmm. because it's growing us and and rooting us more.
0: Thank you. That's so good. Robin? Mm -hmm.
3: I would say um, whatever schooling decision you make
2: doesn't define who you are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't define who your kids are. It doesn't define your relationship with the Lord. It's just a decision. And so sometimes we place so much weight on it. Mm -hmm. This isn't a lifelong decision. You need to... um, you know, take that into consideration. And my my last quote, which I love quotes, is is one of my favorites. It says, The most extraordinary thing mm-hmm. in the world is an ordinary man and an ordinary woman and their ordinary children mm-hmm. by Amen. Chesterton. And I'm like, that's who we want to be. We want to be ordinary people who just love the Lord mm-hmm. and not like this standout wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And so this decision, although important, doesn't define who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Susanna, Donna, Robin, Kelly, thank you so much. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for your your service to our church and your faithfulness to Christ. Um, those of you listening, we love you. We know this is, can be a difficult decision, but a decision where you can see God's grace. You get a chance to, to know your kids, to um, be on the same page with your spouse. You know, our goal um, here at Redemption is is to equip the saints and um, to make disciples. and So we are hoping that this has been encouraging to you. We hope, you know, we didn't answer all probably all of your questions. So fef- feel free to reach out to us. We'd yes. love to help you. But uh, all of life is all for Jesus, and we want to honor Him. And He gives us these opportunities to grow and to love Him and to trust Him through these. Um, so we love you, and in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Jeffrey. Thank you.